that's a nice uh, evil chair, that mate. Swivel one. Good evening, Doctor Bond. <laughs> Doctor Bond. Doctor Bond. Who's oh Dr. God. Bond? Yeah. Jesus. Give it. Give it a rest. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Podcast Away. I'm here with uh, the regulars. Charlie, how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Very good. Just chilling out, you know. It's locked down, isn't it? Said that last time, but what else <laughs> to say, really? Yeah. Matt, how are you? Yeah, I'm. I'm good. I'm gonna be just doing. Some stuff handed working, so I'm pretty, pretty just living my life at the moment. And Mr. <laughs> Mr. Dot com, Tesco, Alex, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, yeah. How are you, Joe? I'm oh, fine. Stop being I'm a fucking arse Such an arse How are you, Joe? How are you? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, I'll just fucking get my nose in your fucking bum hole. <laughs> That's the intro. <laughs> Sorry, rant over. Uh, anyway so today's a little bit differently we're not doing the classic you know kind of four questions we're gonna make it a bit of a debate episode so I've got a list of famous debates that run through the world of film and tv and uh there's gonna be no fence sitting from anyone because you know we're not fences uh and best outcome is someone rage quits yeah so (laughs) Probably you, Jay. <laughs> yeah, we're getting no. both of us all. The first one, which I'm going to get out of the way so Alex doesn't feel left out. Yeah, thank you. Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Prequels versus the originals versus the sequels. Go. Um, mm. Sorry, I'm, I'm eating peanut butter right now. Give me a second. If someone else can... They don't need to get me to start it, but someone else can. Matt? Um, Matt, as the Star Wars fan. I, I can appreciate all three of them, but I, I much prefer the prequels, which is obviously a lot of people. The the originals are arguably better, but I prefer the prequels just because I like... I like you, McGregor's Obi Wan, in the way that they try and morph him into Alec Guinness as the films go on. He carried that. He carried those films, though. To be honest. But my what my favourite film back. is Revenge of the Sith, mm-hmm. which I think is a good film because it's got it, it's got everything. It's got like the downfall. But despite everyone saying that he's an awful actor, I think in Revenge of the Sith, Hadrian Christensen comes into his own. I think he's actually one of the better actors in that episode although he's not yeah. in the first two he's not like well not the, sorry the second one he's not even in the first one in the second one his whole like i hate sand and like i killed them it's a bit shit but in the second one especially in the scene where padme tells him that she's like pregnant like if you watch the way that he acts he goes through all the motions like he goes through like fear happiness like joy and then he also goes through like the whole thing of like what's going to happen because he knows that it's wrong and he goes through it in like two seconds and you can just see on his face that he does it. I just think it's just quite strong acting from him, especially in that scene. But the sword fight as well, you know, the lightsaber duel on Mustafar is one of the best in this series, I think. Just the choreographed of it. Do you also think it's because the prequels, what you've grown up with? No, because I originally watched the, um, the, the original trilogy was the first that I watched. Because when I was at the first film memory I have is seeing 
the two big doors open and Darth Maul take his hood down mm. and you know the the dual lightsaber. Uh, did you watch the, the first, did you watch the um prequels first ever or did I you have the original? I I had them all on my well my dad had them all on VHS. VHS, me too. Uh, so I definitely remember watching uh Phantom Menace, but then. I also remember watching the originals because I remember kind of everyone says Empire Strikes Back is kind of the best, but I, I think, think that personally. But go on, what are you? I do say? think obviously I'm not shitting on Star Wars. Like, you know, Star Wars is leagues above a lot of films, and I think when I'm I am critiquing it, it's just kind of nitpicking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, well, I'm just. When, with the debate, I'm completely scrapping the sequels because the sequels just ruin the original trilogy. Yeah, they don't know. That's the thing. If I think look- I think they were tied up nicely. I think George Lucas did a job a job on them. Like I don't think they were they were like as good as the first ones. But I think like originality, like it goes back to that straight away. Like as in, I think the story is original, but I'm on about like how they actually created them. Mm. I feel like when the prequels came out, they were in that like time period where cgi was coming in but then still modeling was still being used so it's like quite a hard way to like balance balance it so it's like when you look at yoda for example you see him in like phantom menace he looks i think he looks worse than what he did in the the originals because he's like a fake yoda model and it's like just doesn't look right so i think there's some things that spoil themselves in the films i think say if he made those final those those prequels maybe five to ten years ago they might have been absolutely insane you know like and Hayden Christensen wasn't originally meant to play Luke Skywalker um, Anakin it was Leonardo DiCaprio but he turned it down um not saying that that's an issue because I thought I agree with Matt I think Hayden um did actually a really good job in the final one I think he was very shaky in the second one but the final one he was fairly decent yeah because I think stand himself he didn't understand where he was and what how he placed in the star wars universe he, he almost matured into the role i think a bit like and i think it helps with i'd say someone like you and mcgregor Leary, maybe i don't know because he's he was like i said he carried it and probably samuel jackson being in it as well like carried the film as well you know there's like people in there that were almost like designed to keep it afloat as a I don't know, because everything else in it wasn't that great, I didn't think. I did like Obi-Wan, um, as in Hugh McGregor. And I thought, and obviously they had Liam Neeson in the first one. They had like tried, tried to like almost have safety nets around the prequel with certain characters in there, or actors, should I say. Um, but I, I think Empire Strikes, the Strikes Back is probably the best. And I think it's in my top ten as a film as well, just because I think when you get to that culmination of finding out that Darth Vader is actually Luke's, sorry, spoilers, dad, um, you know, it's massive. That's massive. It's it's, a, it's probably one of the biggest things that came around in the 20, 20th century of like this 21st century deciding what, um, what, what happens in the story. Like, and, and considering it's original, it's not like Lord of the Rings or this, that, the other, it's like an original story about, and he did base it on myths, myths and legends, did a, mm-hmm. um, George Lucas, it was he, he read a, up a lot about myths and legends and the way that it all works and stuff. It was based on a, another film or book or something like a hero of well, faces or something, wasn't it? Well, the Empire well, was, are inspiration of, from the Nazis, aren't they? I believe. Yeah, yeah, the whole Darth Sidious thing is Hitler's rise to power. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. 
I think I know, I know Charlie's opinions on the sequels. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about I don't even think they deserve it. My main point, I think I've said this before, is if you look at the end of Return of the Jedi, when there's the massive party uh, and across the planets there's fireworks and it ends on this happy scene of like Lando Carizian, Luke, Leia, R2-D2, Han Solo, they're all kind of sat there. That should be it. That should be it. That should be the end of that. The old cut, the spirits appear. Uh, they, they add Hayden Christensen, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, they put in Hayden Christensen, which I think was another thing that I didn't, I didn't like that. Yeah, but who the fuck is that guy? I know that's Obi-Wan and Yoda, but who the hell are you? Get out of my party. Yeah, he's just seen his dad. He's just seen his dad and then a younger version of his dad. He's, he just saw his dad like with his head all mangled. Like, yeah. How did he recognise who he was? I'd have been like, hey, who are you? Yeah. My dad was bald. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> but the thing with the sequels is that George Lucas, he always planned for the sequels. Yeah. He, he, didn't he write? I thought he wrote one, two, and three before he did three, five, six. Yeah, but he always he always planned to, to have the sequels. But his original plan for the sequels was just following Luke, and mm-hmm. his plan was the whole Luke storyline that Luke opens a Jedi temple and then gets betrayed by a youngling or like by Ben, and then it's his isolation. He always planned for the Luke storyline. But he wanted Luke to be the main character still. But then they obviously made it with Ray and everybody again. But it was always in the works, and he did always plan for the sequels to be a thing. They yeah, just I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm not against there being sequels, but I think you should have done them. You should have done them. That, like I'd seen the end of Return of the Jedi, being so happy and t- joyful, to then kind of see that Han, Han and Leia divorced, Luke, you know, kind of turned into an old frail dickhead uh, and kind of turned his back uh, and kind of just that, you know, the Empire were back. Yeah. Uh, that kind but it's of like, it's like I think it, to, to reduce the risk, he should have done them himself because it's like, you know, you don't get Peter Jackson doing Fellowship of the Ring and then, you know, the Two Towers and then getting James Caron to do... Return of the Jedi. Do you know what I mean? Like you don't not Return of the Jedi. I don't mean about Return of the King. Um, but yeah, you don't. You, it just doesn't work like that. You can't. I don't think if you want to keep the full like current like flow of the film and like the the theory behind it and all like the the characteristics, you have to have the same person doing it again. Like for you something that make, big, you almost make it sound like James Cameron would do a bad job of it, Charlie. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll come on to that later. We'll come. We'll come on to that later. It'll be sinking the Death Star or something. There'll be like a big iceberg in space, and you'll be like, "Whoa, that's a little bit." And they're all blue. Yeah, they're all blue. Yeah, got this idea. Get everyone blue. Give that's me two hundred fifty million. Anyway, that's a different conflict. That's, that, that, that one's that's going to be the last. That might be one of the last ones because that's the that's the big one. Uh, yeah, but... I, I, I think I, I personally think I'm going to throw it out there. I think the originals were the best because a it was original, b it was with modeling, which I think modeling should still be around i think that people have rely too heavily on cgi like it's the same thing with lord of the rings and the hobbit like lord of the rings was great and the hobbit wasn't as good i didn't think because they had too many cgi things it's like a scapegoat it's like let's just use cgi to cover it all up almost um so yeah I that's think, the reason I... from my I think very main limited reason... oh, go on, go on, alex go on alex from there my very limited alex. expertise and viewing of star wars or whatever yeah, I'd say like, and look at well, looking at it from like the 
technical side of stuff, like you said, Chai, the originals would be the best ones. When you think about the time that they were made and released and the technology that was available then to make films like that and to just to to think of that idea and push that idea so much and actually even just get it to be made into a film and then to have it be made and become a global sensation I think that yeah they definitely would be the the best ones sorry to interrupt but you got to remember there's a you know, science fiction, when they first came out, science fiction wasn't really a genre, really. No. Like, he almost, like, designed it with other people. You know, there's was, there was other other films that came out at the same time. Like, I think Blade Runner and all that stuff. And mm. um, who was it? Uh, oh, what's he called? Spielberg did, uh, what's the Alien one? Final Counter, Brief. brief oh, some kinds of that kind. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. sorry, yeah. <laughs> so all them were coming out and stuff. So I think it was like revolutionary. Like that's how good it was. Like it was like, look, we're going into space and we're making a film about space and it's going to be like loads of story arcs about evil and good, like very mythical in a sense. And like, the, the you know, 30 years before you were fighting someone very similar to the Empire in a sense, you know? Mm. I also well, kind of think one main simple reason is that the original trilogy started it mm. Mm. Yeah. from a new a new hope was kind of the start of the the race that is just like it's basically the it's like the big bang for the star wars universe you think well, it's another culture the- isn't it it's another part of our lives that's like there in a sense i'm not saying that to be geeky i'm saying you know there's a lot of people that have like had star wars as a thing throughout their lives you know like it's one of them it's like an undercurrent um and you know like how many things have been brought out since then you know you got Han Solo you got the Solo original I actually watched that for the first time last week or the week before I thought it was quite good actually mm-hmm. I th- didn't think they did a bad job with that I mean I don't get why they did a Han Solo origin when they could have done someone else more important I know it was important in the, the films but they could have done somebody different um but yeah no I think yeah you've got Mandalorian you've got it's just the sequels the sequels not the sequels to be which one which one's the seven eight and nine they're the sequels yeah sequels yeah yeah that that they've just shat all over it like i even think the prequels were decent like if you rewatch them i think they're okay i don't think they're that bad um like i just said i just think people to reduce the risk and almost i don't know well reduce the risk of, of making a bad film they just overuse visual effects maybe that's the only issue i've got with that, those three and Jar Jar Binks, maybe. Sorry, Matt, go on. Um, here's a question then. With um, If you were to w- give Alex, who's not watched Star Wars, what order of the films would you tell him to watch them in? Oh, good question. Because would you tell him to watch them in one, two, three, four, five, six, or would you watch them? I'm not including, I'm not including like Rogue One or like Solo, just the, just like the actual films. I'd probably do it in the order they came out because I think it'd be better to see the original trilogy and kind of meet mm. Darth Vader and Darth Sidious and then go back because it, it's like in the original you learn about the Jedi and stuff so I think mm. it'd be better to have that kind of watch the original trilogy and then go back and find out what the Jedi were like and who Anakin was and kind of all the stuff like Alec Guinness describes him as like, you know, like the best fighter pilot he'd ever seen and kind of see the downfall, what then became the first ones you've seen, and then if you want, you can watch the sequels. But you know, Alec Guinness got about two point five percent of the whole of Lucasfilm. Yeah, yeah. Because he didn't, he didn't. He said he didn't get 
he didn't want to get paid for it. He said he just wanted like it's crap. A percentage of, yeah, percentage yeah. of the things that became a cult classic. I remember watching uh, some something about the you know the the drafts of a new hope like how many times it kind of went through and said i'll change this i'll change this i think originally uh it was either hans i think Han, luke was meant to be like a 50 year old general and han solo was meant to be like a green alien like greedo basically okay. uh, it's just interesting to learn what kind yeah. of changed original ideas were yeah I think so. I think, but they were almost they almost pulled 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 it under um, the first one, the New Hope. They thought, well, it's 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 like when they were trying to do all the space scenes, like the Battle of the Final Death Star. They were like, this is this is too much money and it's too much like effort and cost to actually produce those scenes. So they almost pulled it completely, but thank mm. God they didn't. Like you said, man, about how it's become a cult classic is another. Is there any other film series? I can't think of one off the top of my head that has had such a wide rate because it's not just the films, is it? You've got all like the video games that come with it. You've got all the toys and stuff that come with it. Like, is it's there culture? A, it's yeah, culture. is there, is there another film that has? I mean, it's even got its own religion now, hasn't it? Like people, Jedi, like, yeah, Jedi, Jedi, people yeah. claim they are Jedi. Like, is there another film that is? series that has created such a well i mean culture maybe may, i think because because you could look at harry potter and and lord of the rings but yeah that's they, true they, but they they were books before there were films yeah so this, star this, trek's this, the only one i can think of this, this is an star original trek's not that no yeah i, I think like, star trek's big with the people that know about like that watch star trek religiously but i think i mean everyone i don't think there's well, there's probably are people, but everyone knows that, like the whole Luke, I am your father thing. Even though Story, I haven't yeah, seen yeah. the film, don't they? Like, mm. yeah, I think, I think, I think, I think, I would probably say, yeah, that it's probably the the most original and and like culturally changing, especially when the space race was going on, and then sci-fi and everything back then, like it was mega, like you know, it was a big, big moment in in cinema history. So yeah, I'd say so. But I'd, I'd yeah. say you you've got to look at sorry, Joe. But you got to look at like Lord of the Rings and 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 Harry Potter. But the only disadvantage with them is that they were books before they were films. So that's why I put Star Wars first. Yeah. Well, moving on from the Star Wars universe into you know arguably at the moment of can almost be described as maybe a bigger or on pie universe uh the next debate is are you marvel or are you dc marvel see dc has potential in it but it's not been like we were saying in the first episode it's not it's nowhere near reached its potential compared to the mcu the only dc ones that i've is the um batman the trilogy the dark knight trilogy just that whole one that i think that trilogy always um shits on all the marvel films but then as a universe as a whole how all the films link in with each other and everything definitely the marvel universe i think with with um with DC, it should just be called Batman, really. Um, yeah. I feel like I feel like they they 
the whole stories are around Batman and then all the characters that are part of the Batman series have now become a universe. Mm. It's like, you know, you've got Joker, you've got the Cyborg, all them ones, Aquaman, all them. They all come from around sort of like the same thing as Batman. Not, but I suppose not Aquaman and people, but like Joker and all those characters, like Bane and people, they're all from one story. They're not from mm. their own stories, you know? So I think, personally, I'd... I've always had a fun thing with even even Batman's with you know Arnold Schwarzenegger in when he's is, is Doctor Freeze or whatever. Like, I oh, just love all those. Ones. Yeah, like I, I I love them as well. Like that's why I'd say I don't know. It's a tough one because Iron Man was really good as well. But then and a few like a few of the original stories of all the characters in Marvel are good. But like you said, Christopher Nolan, like you know, it's kind of evolved DC into. Tried to make DC to what it is now without realizing it, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd I'd have to say this is a tough one. Oh God. Well, like we like we said, I think Marvel has done like ten times better execution in making kind of you know with like Phase One, Phase Two, Phase Three, and then into like Endgame yeah. and stuff. Hmm. But when I speak to kind of friends who are obsessed with kind of the comic book, kind of industry in films a lot of them do say that dc has the better universe in terms of kind of villains you know like the cartoon it's more dark isn't it the mm. justice league show they've got a lot more kind of cooler heroes uh, I, th- I, th- I think probably the best dc films were you know the nolan batman trilogy and i, I did like man of steel yeah, I thought that was okay. I thought it was all right, to be honest. Yeah, was that Zack Snyder, was it? Yeah. He do it. Yeah. Then kind of the whole Batman versus Superman with Ben Affleck being Batman for two films. Uh, you know, at a point, the problem with, I think, DC having is, you know, they're not making... Marvel never made kind of Iron Man and then re- have done four more types of Iron Man and recasted Iron Man for every single one. Like, DC need to find someone stick with them well they had christian didn't they they had christian for three three films but the Mm. the thing is i think what they lost with all that with with the christopher nolan like trilogy is that they lost the opportunity there like lost the opportunity to build from there because like iron man like was coming out at the same time like i've mentioned in previous podcasts and you know they actually utilized that they're like right this character is great like let's build like a full foundation to films from this character Whereas like DC, I don't think they were they were they almost didn't have a broom up their ass. Like they, they were like, oh, we'll just we'll just live off this these three films and then that's it. We'll see what happens after. Where they should have been like, no, that's where the center of the universe starts in this story. Do yeah. you not think though with with Nolan doing it though? Uh, yeah. Do you think he would have had to change the ending of Dark Knight Rises because obviously it's Bale, not Christian Bale, kind of retires as Batman and you know goes off as Anne Hathaway you'd have to change kind of the whole Dark Knight Rises because you can't really you can't have Iron Man 3 where uh, he retires Iron Man go on Matt what are you going to say I I've just thought about this um in my mind Batman and you'll have to let me explain because it's going to make no sense um (laughs) Batman this will be interesting the DC world is the same as Spider-Man uh I don't know, is it? I think Marvel no, owns Let, let me explain, explain myself. Sorry, sorry, yeah, I'll let you do it. They made the three Batman films, 
the Dark Knight trilogy. And then they made the they in Spider Man. They made the three Spider Man films with Andrew, not not with Andrew, with Toby Maguire. Toby Maguire. Mm. And then they recast the character like Andrew Garfield, and then they recast it as um, Ben Affleck. But in that period, they kind of gave up on Spider Man, and Marvel developed other characters like Iron Man. Whereas they didn't do that with DC, mm. they just kept mm. with Batman. Because that's the only thing. But the thing is, what the issue with Spider-Man at the time back then is that it wasn't it wasn't owned by Marvel and it wasn't owned by DC. It was owned by Sony. Yeah, so it's like the, by Sony. Still but is Marvel, it? But yeah. Marvel have the ability to use him. Yeah. So like like there were like Spider-Man, great character, and like when Tobey Maguire, I loved those one and two of Tobey Maguire films. I thought they were great. Yeah. Third one, bit iffy, but. Before that, like they were really good. So you're probably right that they didn't build it, but they couldn't because hands were tied due to contractual no, reasons. I mean, in, I mean, in terms of yeah, in terms of copyright. But with um, when they made that, because Marvel made Iron Man, and then I feel like Man of Steel was kind of DC's way of trying to create a yeah. film like Iron Man <laughs> to build off. But the Man of Steel didn't really kick off in the same way as Iron Man did. So they just kind of gave That's up. What I'm saying. Yeah, I think they should have utilised when Christopher Nolan was doing it. And maybe not, like you said, Joe, maybe the, the ending would have had to thought, but he had to change the ending with Joker. I mean, unfortunately, with obviously Heath Ledger, they probably were thinking of another story arc with him. You know what I mean? And like a Batman Joker type thing. I don't know. Like he played a really good Joker and stuff. So I think they were all, I think, weren't they originally having the Joker in the second one with Bane as well? Like both of them helping him out in the third um third version of it what was it what was the final one called Dark Knight Rises Dark Knight Rises yeah, the men have both of them in that so it's like I think uh, again that's another like issue for, for DC they, they probably thought oh Jesus we've hit the jackpot with Heath Ledger and Christian Bale as you know enemies against each other I don't know maybe I do think the main problem is is that you know every film what Marvel did was like under the Marvel collective, you know, it, it was all under kind of like three executives. They said, it's like the reason Edgar Wright left Ant-Man is because Marvel had a way of th- th- doing things. Mm-hmm. Whereas DC's been so all over wishy-washy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and like you, you said, said maybe they've, go on Joe, sorry. Go on, if, you if you watch, like I said, if you watch Nolan's Dark Knight, They've tried to do it now because kind of Justice League, Batman versus Superman, Wonder Woman and Aquaman all kind of now start to have the same feel, but they've done it. It's like they've kind of skipped past like their Avengers and they're in like the middle between the two Avengers films. And it's trying to catch up. They're like, well, shit, we're we're almost way behind. And I think that's what I'm saying. I think they just missed a step with Christopher Nolan a bit. Because it was the same time, like they could have, but but like, maybe with DC structurally isn't as sound as as Marvel. Maybe Marvel had a, a ten to twenty year plan of what they're gonna do. Like obviously you've got different phases and stuff. DC don't really release any of that stuff. They're just like, oh, that sounds like a good idea. Let's chuck that into the universe, you know? I mean, is right. is is Todd Phillips's Joker? Is that part of the DC universe? Is it is it got the DC label to attached to? Well, it, it would have made sense because the end at the end of the Joker, yeah. kind of spoiler alert. Bruce Wayne's parents die. Yeah. And Joaquin's Felix's Joker is like by the time the character will grow up to Christian Bale's character age, the Joker would be old. Yeah. True. 
But so that, that's the one thing where, again, you know, Joker on its own is a good film. But if you're trying to kind of overall classify it as DC, it just doesn't make sense. Because why? Because mm. by the time he, you know, at the end, they leave the opera and the robber shoots, you know, the Waynes and leaves Bruce on his own. And then you're just like, well, that he's the Joker, but Joker fights Batman when he's Batman. Like in every comic, yeah. the Joker mm. fights Batman. You can't then have the Joker at 30, 40 year old. How old is how old would you say the Joker is in the film The Joker? About forty, I'd say, maybe late thirties. Yeah, late thirties, early forties. Yeah, definitely. And then Bruce Wayne's kid. You can't wait. You've got the question as well that is is Gotham under the DC? You know the Gotham TV show, is that under the DC brand? Because that's it might be. The TV shows might be. I don't know, but it's it's interesting because like you said about um, the Joker, it's almost like DC are like, oh, that's such a good idea, and they'll just run with an idea rather than thinking, well, what's what's the end goal to this? Like, what how does it how does it fit? How does it all fit in? Yeah, absolutely. But the, it's it's just like you said, it's just it's almost like so random. It's like they've got all these like characters, and then someone will just come and be like, oh, I want to write one about that character. Is that cool? And they're like, yeah, go for it. And then they're like, mm-hmm. oh shit. Well, actually, we've got nothing structurally in place here we're just letting people tell stories basically and i think there'll always be well we're doing it now there'll always be that thing of people compare dc to marvel and like you said joe how dc is now in that stage in between the two avengers films and because and they're trying you know they had um what was it justice league and whatever Mm. they're kind of like avengers type films but people will always compare those to, if they're not as good, will always compare them. And like you say about how are they as good as the Avengers films? And I don't think they ever can be because they completely missed the boat and the boat has now sailed away with Marvel on it. And they are just miles ahead of, <laughs> yeah, bye. But <laughs> they're just miles ahead now, aren't they? In terms of mm-hmm. character development, storyline, everything i think they've just dc has just been left far too far behind yeah, too late it's too late yeah they've completely missed that that boat <laughs> unless they wait until marvel just completely finishes well, yeah but yeah they could they could be <laughs> like, yeah they're just waiting for him to leave and then be like hey dc in which case well, in uh, five years time we'll be wrong <laughs> but you never know <laughs> there's, there's, come back I'll in five just... years to find out We'll still be going. No, <laughs> I'll be dead. Too old. I've just thought: was is Justice League? Obviously, you can be correct me completely, but would you rather say Justice League was them trying to make Avengers or Suicide Squad? Justice because League. although it is the comparison is both heroes, Suicide Squad was the kind of thing of I don't know which one came first, Justice League or Suicide Squad, but Suicide Squad just seemed like they were trying to get those of characters in a group together i know it's a real thing in the comics but it just seemed a bit those of actors as well it was very very like it was like all just shoved in on one we're like oh let's get will it was just an endless heavy film let's get robbie in let's get you know because ben affleck's batman was in that as well you know ben affleck as batman as soon as i heard that i was like what but then i same i thought as soon as i heard thingy patterson do it i was like what but i've seen the trailer and i'm like actually that does look pretty decent that I think I don't the know what it's with, called, but... I, I don't think, you know, with Suicide Squad, it shouldn't have really had to 
you know, if you want to make a big assemble film, you don't really have to do, you know, kind of, you know, like Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, and then kind of like introduce them. You know, they kind of, you weren't introduced to Hawkeye until the first mm. Avengers of film. Yeah. And I think, you know, if DC should probably come out and say, look, we're going to go in order of like follow comics. Because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not up to date on kind of the way the comics work. Yeah. And obviously, Stan Lee was head of comics at Marvel and, you know, every kind of film went through Stan Lee and Kevin, who's head of Marvel. Uh, but DC needs to kind of decide, are we going to follow the kind of Avengers, the way the Avengers have done it? Not like necessarily copy Avengers, but that kind of structure of Marvel. Or do they just say, right, we they don't they don't we're not going to connect them we've got all these characters in a universe but we don't want to follow the comics we're just going to make independent films but well i think i think like i think that new batman coming out that could be if that's a good film they should center everything around that and just introduce characters slowly like they did with iron man like they need to look at what Marvel have done and be like, well, we can try it again, but we need to make sure we do it right this time mm-hmm. and have like a structure. But maybe they're just different like that. Like you said, maybe, like you said, their comics are a bit different. Maybe they're like, right, well, we, we don't want to be like a Marvel universe. We kind of tried to do that. Let's do our own thing where we like to have original stories coming out, like the Joker or stuff like that, which are part of the universe, but we're not going to do a Marvel. We're just going to the tough thing they do with Justice League 2 now because it's a completely different Batman. I'm sorry, sorry to interrupt, Matt, but, yeah. you know. Mm. Well, on, Batman's on... like Bond, isn't he? That's the issue. Batman is like Bond. It's a bit like, well, who is going to be the next Batman? It's like, who's going to be the yeah, next Bond? It's not like who's going to be the next Iron Man, you know? Like the, do you, know you do Bonds with a... Bond has a structure. They'll do four or five films, but you can't have Ben Affleck recruit... Uh, Aquaman and yeah. be in two films with them and kind of speak to, you know, Wonder Woman. And then two years' time, Robert Pattinson just turns up. Well, yeah. Well, maybe, a maybe, super, super darker world. Yeah. Well, maybe when they restart Batman, though, they reset the DC thing. That, like we said, it feels like they run through Batman and that's the origin of DC. Mm-hmm. So it's like almost like, well, when we reset Batman, we'll reset the whole franchise. Mm-hmm. So I think they should just give up trying to be like, they don't need to i think they just need to they've got some really good original stories in there like the joker like todd phillips did with the joker you know you've got like chris and did with the batman you could just have individual directors coming in and getting their take on dc mm. comics i'd prefer that and if that was the way that they were going to do it, i'd be like great well there's no there's no there's no like comparison between them both then you don't need you don't need to worry about that if they actually came out and said what their plan is mm. Yeah. Mm. People would see them their own thing. They wouldn't see it as trying yeah. as the Marvel Cinematic Universe in DC. They'd see it as DC are doing their own thing. Yeah, yeah I think that's definitely the problem about everyone. It? It's just they really need they need to either follow that same Marvel pattern or and mm. accept that they'll just be compared to Marvel all the time. Or they need to completely move away from that and make their own thing, make their own um universe and just do it how they want to mm-hmm. yeah i agree well kind of on to the next 
debate, we're just going to dance around. And I've seen this a few times. I've had this conversation with a few times. And I want to put this to Charlie mainly. Christopher Nolan films, are they good? Or are some of them just bad and too complicated? Does, does Does the factor of being complicated try to avoid the description of it being a bad film? Um, it's a good question. I mean, his first film was Memento, and, like, you know, that was made while well, he was at university, and, like, uh, I think they managed to put, put about 20k into it while he was still at uni. Um, so, like, when, when, you, when you first see that film... Oh, sorry, I'm just getting called. Let's come for that. Bloody dad. Um, <laughs> thinking Christopher Nolan, quick. Uh, no, yeah, I'd, I'd say um, his first one, like Mento, that was wacky, but it had a really good concept. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever seen it before, but mm-hmm. it's um, Guy Pearce, um, and he basically forgets his memory, yeah, and every day he wakes up and he tries to piece something together that's going on, basically. Um, but yeah, that, that, I'd say that was a, a wacky film, and to answer your question properly, I don't think he's made a bad film. Personally, like since since Memento, his final film, Tenant, Tenet, so far, I don't think there's been a bad one. I think there's been complex ones where you might be like, okay, what is actually going on here? Like, I'm I'm um, guilty of that as well. Even though I'm a big fan of it, sometimes I'm like, oof, this is a bit random. Like Tenet, for example. Like <laughs> when you sometimes watch some of that, you're like, uh, what what is this? Like, you know, the final the final thirty minutes of that film could be a film in itself and you just rewatch it until you understand what's going on. But I think, I think that's a good thing though. I think you've got, if you are a director, a writer or anything like that, maybe you have to question your audience. It shouldn't just be straightforward all the time. It shouldn't just be particular like tropes of, of, of films and, and this, that, the other, like a bad guy all the time. And like, if you notice Christopher Nolan's film, there's never really that main structure where it's a bad guy at the end, apart from Batman, really like, his other films is never really like a um you know a, an antagonist out there like it's mainly just you know working with time and stuff like interstellar there's no bad guy in it inception there's not really a bad guy in it it's just they're just dealing with other problems so i don't know i think i think it's it's more about Christian Nolan's probably to the audience like, oh, have you ever thought about, say, Inception? Have you ever thought about being in a dream and then in a dream and then in a dream and in a dream? It's like that. I think that's how he like portrays his films is like asking the audience questions. It's never to do with the good, good or evil. The thing is, I've a few, <laughs> I've kind of spoke to people about this, uh, and it's. I'm not saying this is certain, but a lot of kind of stuff all the ideas and scripts are his brother, not him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, what's he called? I think it's John, is it Jonathan. Jonathan Nolan, yes. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of people kind of praise Memento, but I think that's just because it was an American film, but it, it wasn't his idea. It was, it's, he, t- he took it from another film, which I think yeah. it might have been a South Korean film or something like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I'm not trying to defend him either right now, but like you know, you do take ideas and inspirations from people. You know, like I think with Memento to say that it was just coming out of university and, and make a film like that, that's pretty decent. You know, like oh, yeah, well, I'm not saying that. I'm again say I'm not. I'm not saying I say I'm not 
agreeing yeah. with the statement that Christian Allen's bad. I'm just kind of playing the mediator and, you know... <laughs> I'm not. Uh, by the way, I'm not. I'm, if he made a bad film, I would happily admit it's a bad film. I just think personally, he's not made a bad film. Like, mm. I don't think there's been one which has been like I don't know, Rotten Tomatoes, for example. Is there any that are like six point five, seven? Yeah, you know I mean, like I'm not saying that, but that's that's also based on a good film or not. There's films there that are rated like <clears throat> Avatar that are rated about like eight eight out of ten on there, and I'm just like, Meh. no, I'm joking. Um, but yeah, uh, um. Yeah, I think I think with Christopher Nolan, I just think each film it just asks you questions, and uh, if you want, to, I think if you want to entertain people and do that, you have to do that. I don't think you can just be, you know, like Quentin does it as well. Like, I'm naming the two people that I, I really like, but yeah, they they are, you know, the original stories as well. You don't really like you said, Memento might not be an original one, but it's it's original to the Western world. It's not. You know, if it's from the, the you know Asian film market, I'd say it's an original to us guys. Um, you know, there's 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 all all these stories are different. They're different. I mean, they're about time most of the time. <laughs> they are about time or some sort of concept of time and the universe and all that stuff. But I'd say the context of each story is original, and I'd say that's why I don't think he's a waste of time. He's like a madman or something, and he writes something, and everyone. I, I don't get this whole idea that every single film he's made is confusing. It's not. Like Dunkirk, we all know what happened to Dunkirk. That's not a confusing film. Um, you know, I think that was Christopher Nolan's, basically his argument back. He's like, well, I can make a film that isn't confusing and it's fairly decent. You know, I'd say it's a good film. Well, uh, Quentin Tarantino came out, didn't he, and said Dunkirk was his favourite film of all time. Mm-hmm. He says it's his favourite Christopher Nolan film as well because it's something that he's gone out of his own realm and, and made a film that isn't really in his, you know, in his area. It's well, like you say, Charlie, it's his answer to critics saying, oh, you only make confusing films. And it was basically like, look, here's a film. I Here's a film that I can make that isn't really about time that can still make. It made, I was just looking, reading about it. It made um, $188 million at the box office. Like and yeah. was one of the, it's got a score of ninety three percent on. Um, it is on an insane. It's film. like a, one of his. Yeah, I'd say it is one of his best films, and it's completely different to all of his other films, isn't it? And like, and that's why I think it's one of his best. You know, he's, yeah. he's things like Prestige is a really good film. Like, that's not about time. That's about ma- magicians. Like in, and it's got like Tesla in and stuff. Like, it's a completely original story, and it's unbelievable. It's it's a great like the, the twists and turns in that. Like when. The good thing about Christian Nolan as well, it always makes the ending great. It's always a great ending. You're always like, whoa, what? Like, I think they're always, and like, you know, if you want to be a, potentially a good writer, I mean, I don't really know, but if you want, I imagine, so if you want to be, you want to have a good ending. You know, you always want to have a good ending. And his always provides a good ending. Sometimes you have films where you're like, oh, fucking hell, after all that great stuff, then the ending's shite. Ray like, Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. It's like, you know, like take a leaf out of Nolan's book. Like you have to, I think you have to have a. And sometimes you have to have. You can have endings which don't have an answer. Like we've 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 talked about loads of times. Me and Matt in particular, we've talked loads about Inception. Like no one knows really, really the, the end endings. of that film, which is great as well. You know, sometimes you want things which add mystery and intrigue and and this that the other. That's that's the best best writing I'd say. What would you say is his most 
confusing film. Interstellar. Yeah, yeah that's the most that's the weirdest film. But it's about dimensions, isn't it? I think yeah, it's yeah. about like being in a different uh, parallel universe. Go on, Joe, sorry. That's one of my favourite films, Interstellar. Uh, I do believe as well. I think film. I just I just didn't get the whole bookshelf thing at the end. I, I, I understand it up until the point where it goes through the black hole kind of thing. Yeah. Uh but I haven't seen Tenet, but I don't know I how come. Tenet. I haven't seen Tenet. See, Ten- Tenet, Tenet is, the thing is, like, you'll watch it and you'll be like, I think sometimes that, that, well, I've only watched it once, but from what I can remember, like, in the film, I think, yeah, it's like he's explaining about a, a bullet going back into the gun and, like, you've got to base your whole story about that idea. So it's, it is a bit weird, but I think the whole last 30 minutes like I said, could be a film in itself and you rewatch it and rewatch it and rewatch it and you might still not come to the ending. I think that's his most one, which is a bit like, whoa, I think, I mean, I've said Interstellar, but I've seen that two or three times. I've only seen Tenant once, so I can't really, like I watch them quite a lot. To, to Do you think there it. has to be a line? Do you think there has to be a point where you, you can have an ambiguous ending, you know, which like a lot of kind of, you know, independent films or Nolan films do. You can, you can either have, a kind of you know a confirmed ending you know the rebels win or yeah. you know you can have an inception kind of ambiguous ending but there has to be a line where you must at some point be able to work out the end yeah but there's having an ending and ha- there's having an ending which is ambiguous and not having an ending that you're playing off to be ambiguous which yeah, but I you do that I'd say 90% of people that say I don't get the ending of Inception or say something else. It's probably because they haven't watched the most of the film. Like they might be on the phone halfway through it and be like, oh, I'll just flick on Instagram or I'll go on this. And then they'll be like, oh, what's happened there? And you'd be like, no, I'm sorry. These films, you have to pay attention for pretty much every minute of the film because there's always like little bits that are in there, like, you know, little treasure treasure chests that you're like, oh, actually, that makes sense now. Well, really, the it's the, the ending of the Inception can only really be explained by like a five minute scene if you yeah. miss the five minute scene where he's in the bathroom and he's explaining this this the the, the, the spinning top if you miss that yeah. five minute scene going to the toilet or like on the phone or something you're not you're not going to understand the whole point of the ending because yeah, yeah, that does wind me up a bit when, when when people do say oh i don't get the ending of this oh, i don't get that film oh, it's really confusing well, just fucking sit there and watch it and actually just watch it. <laughs> Don't be on your phone, like, halfway through it and be like, oh, yeah, that's a really nice post, that, yeah, yeah. And then be like, oh, well, what's happened with this film? No, just watch the full fucking film. You're yeah, there to watch the film. That's one reason, you know, why cinemas are better to watch films than at home, you know, Absolutely. for, like, kind of for the first time, you know. And, you know, they talk about with, like, COVID, cinemas being shut down. If a new Star Wars film got released, I'd wait to see it in cinema. Yeah, I wouldn't rush. That's I why James watch. Bond keep doing that. That's why James yeah. Bond keep doing it. They're like almost like, well, a they want the money from people coming to it because <laughs> yeah. it is one of those where everyone's the like, main I'll yeah, I'll go to the cinema to watch James Bond. Like you just said, Joe, like it's one of them where people are like, I will go to the cinema. It's like a traditional type thing, I think, with James Bond in that aspect. But it's the same. Like they're probably thinking, yeah, the money, but also, well, we want people to experience Daniel Craig's last film as James Bond in the cinema. Yeah, there is certain films that you have to watch in the cinema that you can't get the full, like, whole thing of it at home. 
because a lot not a lot of people have like complete surround sound at home so if when you're in the cinema you can experience it in a different completely different way well, yeah yeah especially Dun- dunkirk was one of those films that you 1917 that was just so yeah. intense with the sound well we went to it alex and i don't yeah, know if you did. agree um i think i've watched it again at home i've watched it again at home i don't think it was that i was involved and engrossed no, as i no. was at the cinema i don't know if you, you know? two i don't know if you've seen it matt and joe but there's that I watched it at home I that watch one it. scene where they're um in the where they're in that cave with the rat and then oh, it, it, sets off the, it sets off the bomb yeah. and you watch that at home and you're like oh that was a pretty loud bang you watch it in the cinema and literally the you you feel like you feel this explosion it's so terrifying and yeah yeah i think yeah so what that that would be my argument for watching film yeah in i agree because I, I saw 1917 in the in the cinema uh with my dad and i think i saw it like at midday and everyone else in the cinema looked like they were world war one survivors <laughs> i was looking around <laughs> like, like granddad charlie <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, but what, what you speaking about like the sound in the when the cave kind of the booby trap goes off mine was you know when he's climbing across the metal bridge and the first gunshot from the guy yes. hits him yeah and you probably you kind of probably and at the end when he has to run across the field and all the artillery is getting fired you know there are you know if i'm sitting at one o'clock on my with my laptop on like half volume watching that so i don't wake anyone up mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah, even yeah. like even like Michael Bay films, like a there's not a good Transformer film in the cinema with full sound is just I've watched yeah, it's like horror as well. I mean horror horror I can still get scared at home to be fair, <laughs> but like with with horror films, like I think yeah, are a bit more scarier in in cinemas because the sound, like you know, when you don't have any sound and then boom, there's a sound because someone's getting scared or something. Like it's obviously a lot different. I think um. One horror film that I'd actually really want to watch in the cinema would be A Quiet Place. Yes, a I Quiet Place too. I think that, yeah, terrifying. I think it would be absolutely terrifying. Because, like, well, yeah, that's such a good point. Because, like, in the first scene, there is absolute silence. There is mm. silence all the way through. And then, like, when the dot, when, when, sorry, spoiler alert, if you've not watched it or whatever, when the first kid gets taken, Oh, it's just terrifying. It's terrifying. There's no, there's no sound at all. Then you see that creature come. And you're like, whoa. I think that yeah, bit as well when um she puts her, sorry, sorry when she puts her foot through the nail. Oh uh, yes. Yeah, oh. that and it's like oh. Yeah, and when she's in the bath, when she's yes. in the bath, yeah, she's giving birth. Oh my god, that is such a tense scene. I think that's. I think that film goes under the radar of how that's good that it. film is. John Krasinski as well, his first, it's like his debut film to come out and, and be a comic and produce a horror film to that. But it's not oh. enough. It's scary. It's it is, scary. Yeah. Like a sci-fi, sci-fi thriller type thing, I'd say. Yeah, I'd say it's more of a thriller, isn't it? Than a... mm. like the, you don't really see the, the aliens really eating mm. any of this stuff. Well, I think that's so much worse, yeah. not seeing the aliens. Well, not definitely. Because you only get like in horror films i think you need to you need to like the audience need to anticipate someone coming after them and like you know silent place does that perfectly i'd say i watched um... they started to kind of do kind of they do fake jump scares don't they like you kind of 
after yeah. watching so many films, you kind of think, all right, this time they open the door. This is when the jump scare is going to be, or when they kind of say, it's like someone's searching through a dark tunnel and they say, how does it look? And they say, okay, thinking, right, after he said that, he's going to get like jumped yeah. by something. And then they don't. And then it's at the most random point, like someone, it goes to like the least, it goes to like a extra or something. And they just turn around and then suddenly like, boom. <laughs> I would from up here to down here and you think I'm safe. And then they do the jump scare and you're like, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would love it if one day, like, someone did a horror film and they'd be like, oh, someone's like, oh, go go check outside, see what's going on. And the guy's like, am I fuck going outside? <laughs> like, no no one ever does that. They're like, yeah, go on then, I'll go out. Oh, I'm dead. I'd just love it if someone was like, just went across the whole thing and be like, well, what's the fucking point in this? I'm not going out there. Like, clearly everyone's dying. Like, don't force me out there. Like, I think that'd be quite a cool story yeah, to do. Sound, like, hear a sound in the basement and they're like, honey, go down. And he's like... I'm a fuck going down. We're selling this fucking house. There's something in the basement. Yeah, like Just imagine. I remember Joe. Well, you all probably remember it. Remember that um, comedy where uh, it was like a western, and they had like the 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 narrator in the background, like talking about stuff. We watched it in Kev's lesson. I think. Oh, the short film. Uh, yeah, the short yeah. film. Like, imagine if they did that with a horror film where it's like, oh, uh, I don't know, Joe goes down the, the alleyway and, and then you can hear him talking. He's like, no, I'm not going down there. I'm not going down there. Like, it'd be great <laughs> to do something like that, I think. Because that is so obvious. Everyone does it. Everyone's like, I, I, you hear everyone, even I do it, when you're watching it with a group of people or something, a horror film, everyone's like, why the fuck are you going down there, you stupid knobhead? Yeah, you know I mean, like, it's, it's always the same. Like, everyone's like, why would you do that? Why would you That's, look in the cupboard? I think that's the thing that annoys me about horror films so much is they're just yeah. so like the whole way people act in them is just so stupid. And it makes, I, but I know that's the whole that's the whole point of horror films, though, isn't it? But it just it infuriates me. I think quite a bit. Mm. But maybe it's well, the investigative nature of a human being that you actually would go because we've yeah, never maybe. been in that situation before. So maybe you actually do go. You're like, oh well, actually, I'm frightened for my life. But I might have to check it out. You know. I don't know. Well, a lot like scary movie and stuff, they really trope on it, don't they? It's like mm. where screams in the house and then there's the <laughs> sign that says exit and then immediate danger and she screams and goes down the alleyway that says like immediate <laughs> danger. And then there's that bit on the, the cupboard at the front of the, the house and it's got like a banana, a grenade, a knife and like yeah. a gun and she picks the banana. I'm just like, yeah, there's that is literally what probably would happen in a horror film. Yeah, and uh, I think if you could make a horror film that kind of just incorporated like the what kind of Game of Thrones brought to the TV world of kind of you know doing what no show would ever do, like kill the main character at the start, like cast the most famous actor in the world for that a horror. You don't film. think he's gonna die? Like, don't cast Sean Bean because we already know. He's gonna <laughs> <die>. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think. I, Oh, go on. Sorry, Matt. Sorry. Oh, no. All I was going to say is that that's that, that's the thing that um, about TV shows that you say you're watching, you might be watching on like The Walking Dead and you, you get to like the fourth season and then there's like Rick or something. I've never I've not watched it, but like the main character is in a situation where it looks like he's going to get killed by zombies. And then you sat there and you're like, well, I know he doesn't die because there's eight more seasons of this. Which kind yeah. of, then if you do kill off a main character, it's like, well, the good thing is maybe. though about 
I'd say Walking Dead originally and Game of Thrones, like Game of Thrones is always a bit like that, is that you, you, you're almost expected the unexpected. Like, mm. that's great mm. about it. It's like, yes, like you said, say Rick was trapped by loads of zombies and he, you know, most likely he's not going to die, but it always offered that question because there's other characters in that series that died, which you weren't expecting. So I think yeah. that was a good thing about those. And I think I was... that's the thing with horror film. Like you were saying, like, Joey, I don't know, Samuel Jackson, I mean, he's been in about three million films, but he could be in a horror film. And you'd be like, he's probably not going to die, but he has died in a few. He died in what Deep was it? Blue sea. One. Deep Blue Sea. Yeah, fucking hell, that was a vicious death. He didn't down snakes on the plane because he said he's had enough of these motherfucking snakes in this motherfucking plane. <laughs> as soon as he said that, then I knew he was going to survive. <laughs> but yeah, so, so, but back to the Christopher Nolan thing. I would say that I don't I think he should just carry on doing what he's doing I think he's a genius and I think people who say I don't get his films need to get a grip and I'll say just delete Instagram for a day and just watch watch it that would probably be better um, and then you'd probably make sense of it a bit more um, but yeah I, I think people give him discredit for not watching the film. You know what I mean? Like they say, like like I'm saying, they don't get it, but they spent three hours watching the film. They should be able to get his stories. They're not that complex once you pay attention. I think. I don't know. I might be wrong, but I think we all get the films. And if there's fathers in a room here that get the films, mm-hmm. yeah, I'd say most people do. Well, moving on, obviously. Christopher Nolan, we can shut on that name down to Chris. Uh, <laughs> Big Chris Nolan. We've got a. Uh, there's a quite a few Chris's in the film industry, so we're going to call this Chris Royale. Chris Royale. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got Chris Evans, aka Captain America, Chris Hemsworth, known as Thor, Chris Pratt, and we've got Chris Pine, which is your favourite Chris. Sorry, fire off the Chris's again. I got lost in all the Chris's. Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, Chris Pratt, and Chris Pine. So, Chris Pine plays Captain Kirk in Star Trek. Yep. And I've seen um, Robert the Bruce as well in the fucking yeah. one. That's quite a good one. Chris Pratt is obviously Star-Lord, Jurassic World. He's in Parks and Rec. Obviously, Chris Hemsworth is Thor. Uh, and obviously, Chris, Chris Evans is Captain America. And then playing the, vo- the voice of Buzz Lightyear. Lightyear in the new series. Is it? How come, mm-hmm. how come Tim Allen? How come Tim Allen didn't want to do it anymore? Was it Tim Allen or was it George Clooney? No, it was Tim Allen. Yeah. Santa Claus, yeah. Ah, uh, ah, uh, oh, I quite liked him being Buzz. It's going to be sad. It'd be weird seeing hearing someone else. Uh, but my oh. opinion, uh, my favorite, I like Chris Pine. Chris Pine, are you mad over the other three? Well, do you want to know something, oh. right? So, yes. driving through local town uh, a couple of weeks ago Bristol. and walking along... Chris Prime was in Tesco, is it? Chris Prime? Chris Prime. Guess who was walking along... So, Bruton, near where I live, like, is... Lots of people think it's better than it actually is. Lots of famous people just come. Chris Pine, walking down the street. Not nice. minding his own business. Did you wave yeah. at him? You didn't wave at him. No, but... That yeah, but oh, anyway, so. that's I I had no idea <laughs> I actually had no idea who he was. So 
Um, well, obviously, I knew, I know who he is. I know, but I can't really say I've ever watched any of his films. He, I think, he's the least well-known Chris, probably the Chris Pine. Yeah. Well, he's in Star Trek. I mean, yeah, I'm yeah. Trek fan, but that's got a massive fan base. I think. Oh yeah, a lot. But I think, like I said earlier about Star Trek, I think. Star Trek's one of those things that's massive if you're into Star Trek. If you're not into Star Trek, then it's right. it's nothing, is it? You don't you got no clue about it. But yeah. Anyway. No, 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 that's fair enough. Well, who would you pick then, Alex? What if I had to pick one? Yeah. Chris Evans. Why? I don't know. I just like Chris Evans. I like his. Um, look at him. He's just judging everyone. Here. Well, no, it's either Chris Evans, Chris Evans, or Chris, Chris Evans or Chris Pratt. Um, I like Chris Evans because I like the way I like his development throughout Captain America and um, the Marvel films and whatever. And then I watched um, I watched Scott Pilgrim versus the World yesterday. Best Obviously, film he's, in, the world. he's in that. Um, I didn't realise he was in that. Um, and But then Chris Pratt, like you say, you know, he's also been good in Marvel, um, Parks and Rec. And then oh. he's been he's been in quite a lot of completely random films, hasn't he, really? Um, but so that, mm, come back to me and I'll decide Chris <laughs> Evans or Chris Pratt. Because like you said, Joe, no, no fence sitting. So... Has anyone seen the Park and Rex blooper where Chris Pratt slides across? Yeah, he throws the suitcase. Yeah, he slides across and he throws throws the suitcase and absolutely shatters the light switch. The best thing is he starts singing when he's like, that's not something props can fix. That's going to be quality fix. And he jumps back over the table and just destroys the computer as well. Yeah, he he just says, I'm out of here. (laughs) and just runs. What? Thing is, that's why I like Chris Pratt. I prefer Chris Pratt over them three because he's just funny. He's just a funny geezer. All of them are quite funny, but it's just him and just the way that he doesn't take himself. I don't know, but he just he just seems like he doesn't take himself seriously. And I like his his line in Infinity War where like Doctor Strange says, "What master do you serve?" And he's like, "Who am I supposed to say, Jesus?" <laughs> But then again, I do think I think he's a comedy. I, I do. I, I like all the Chris's, but uh, mm. I'd probably say my least favorite. Not saying I don't like it. My least favorite is probably Hemsworth. He hasn't really done. I think what has he done apart from Thor? He was in that Extraction film on Netflix. Oh, he was. He was in um, Female Ghostbusters. Yeah, he made. He mainly just makes me feel shit about my body. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Apart from in um, which one? Which one is it that he's got the fat? He's and he's really fat. Yeah, <laughs> but he still looks absolutely ripped behind it. <laughs> yeah. Just drinking beer and he's. Yeah, I love that scene in that when he's going to that island, he's getting arsehole with them two geezers. Where Claude's on the Claude's on Fortnite and he's like noob bastard sixty nine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, out the Chris's, I. I'm trying to think who I enjoyed the most in a film. Who would you and say I'd... has got the most range? Chris Pine, personally. I've seen him in I've seen him in um 
like I said, that Robert the Bruce one, that was really good, that, on Netflix. It was like a Netflix original. It's about the... Yeah, Out, what, Outlaw King, isn't it? Yeah, what, what happened after William the Wallace... What, William the Wallace? William, William Wallace. <laughs> William the Wallace. Um, yeah. Uh, what, what, happened, what happened after him? Um, and it was really good. That is a really good film. When I first saw him do it, I was like, oh, God, all right. Some, like, Spock's going to turn up or something. But, yeah... Um, <laughs> He was he, he was really good in that, um, and I've seen him in comedies as well. Like, isn't he in Horrible Bosses? I do like him in that yeah. as well. He's really funny in the second. Is he? One. Yeah, he's in the second in one. Second. Oh. Um, in this means war, which is a rom com with Tom Hardy and Reese Witherspoon, where oh, they're both CIA agents. Reese, Weather- yes. Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it'll open soon again, Alex. <laughs> but, but yeah, um, I'll go, and I'd say I'd go Chris Pine out. Chris, Chris Pine out. Oh my Christ, Chris Pine out of the four Chris's personally. I think he's done. He's done. He's done Star Trek. He's been in comedies. He's been in serious films, and I don't think he's had a bad performance when I've seen him. I think he was good he's at being good, Star Trek. He's in a hell of high water. Hell of high water. That's a good film. That's what he was in. Yeah, I might have seen that as well, actually. Yeah, but he's in um, he's in Wonder Woman as well, isn't he? Yeah. He's like the um second character in that. He's not the lead, is he? Obviously, he's not Wonder Woman. Um, but yeah, I'd uh, I'd say Chris. I didn't know he was in Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Yeah, he plays the the Spider Man who dies at the start in like Miles's world. Yeah. He, he voices him. I'm gonna go Chris Chris Pratt. <laughs> That's my final answer. Yeah, I like Chris Pratt. Who's yours, Matt? You're going Chris Pratt as well. Yeah, I'm going Chris Pratt as well. So none, no mark, no points for Evans or Hemsworth. Chris Evans, I watched him in Snowpiercer or whatever it is, the film, and I actually really enjoyed that. Have you seen Netflix? Have got a series Snowpiercer. Yeah, my friend Ali actually told me to watch that, so I probably will. I, I finished that yesterday, and season two comes on. Monday so, and it's it's good it's I feel like it's a good film but I feel like it was one of those stories that better suits a series format in a but, sense yeah I mean it reminds me of like 1890 uh, 1984 sorry not 1894 <laughs> what is going on with me today I need to take my, my fucking head for a shit um, take your teeth out and put them back in again Charlie <laughs> <laughs> you seen the it's supposed to be like a sequel to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. There's like a fan theory about it. Really? <laughs> yeah. After I watched the film, I watched the so fan theory. God, Christopher Nolan's going to be on that, isn't he? He's going to do it like a time. Like, oh, yeah, Charlie Christop- and the Chocolate Factory. Christopher Snow Nolan, Pins. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory remake. Chuck Chris Pine in there. And fucking, who are the, all the Chrises. All the Chris Chris's. Royale. Imagine that. We should just, yeah, film idea, Chris film. Royale. Chris Royale, yeah. It's a battle of the Chrises. <laughs> They all have to play themselves. But yeah, no, the Snowpiercer <laughs> film. It was, it was, um, what was it? It was a Korean, was it a Korean director as well? Um, the guy did Parasite. Yeah, it, it was, he was, uh, I really liked like the fight scenes and stuff in that. I always think they get the the fight scenes, do them really well, like when it's like a Korean, Asian film, because they're, obviously it's all like karate and stuff, in it? Um, <laughs> without being stereotypical, but as in like they show those actions in there. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, well, right. Coming on to the last topic, then. Uh, just because I was watching the Inbetweeners last night, and then I just did some more research to the American Inbetweeners, which leads on to the debate 
What's better, British or American comedy? Well, if we've got four Brits here, I'd be really interested to see if one of us said American, if I'm honest. I the feel American like... office is better than the British office. Yes. Well, no, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, actually. I don't know. I think... I think they're... The British... on, on, I think they're different. I think they are very different, aren't they? Because, obviously, the US office lasted longer mm. and. But both were written by Ricky Gervais. Yeah. Yes, they were. Well, not, not the whole them. thing. Not Greg the whole Daniels, thing. No. The American Daniels wrote a lot. Written by Br- R- Ricky Gervais, but it was helped by BJ Novak to tailor it for an American audience. But it was it was Greg Daniels as well. Like Greg Daniels is Park and Rec, like they're very similar. Are they not? I well, thought Matt, I thought Greg Daniels did a lot of the writing. I, so. I, I like you just said there, Matt. Sorry, the whole like you said the fact that they had to tailor it to a u.s audience the whole u.s and american differences in what we find for americans don't get sarcasm do they and they don't get dry wit and humor and basically what ricky gervais (laughs) built has you know built his career on things like that they don't they don't get that um which i think is relevant in a lot of british um, versus American comedies, and especially why things like remakes of In Betweeners and Peep Show and stuff just haven't worked over there, is because they don't they don't get that sense of humour, and it just doesn't make sense to them at all. With this being such a kind of you know they're completely different, it is the probably the hardest debate not to try and sit on the fence because yeah, definitely. Uh, I think the closest thing the US kind of have to sarcasm and kind of British humour is curb your enthusiasm. Cook said that wrong. Curb your enthusiasm. <laughs> okay. With, I don't I've, I've never I've never, I've never seen that. with Larry David, that is kind of just straight up uh sarcasm, shut up, loud mouth kind of comedy. Uh but the the office the thing is the office is a strange one because like yeah, the reason why it was so successful in the UK is because it was UK humour. It's like mm-hmm. that idea of someone taking the piss out of themselves. You know, we've seen that loads and without realising it. Like, that, that that's kind of a British character in a sense. We do, like, take the piss out of ourselves a lot. Um, so that's why I think it was really, really successful. Like, David Brent, it's, everyone knows David Brent. Do you know what I mean? Everyone everyone kind of knows that type well, yeah, of person. Yeah, there's, there's the... And... Um, He's d- that's done well in terms of spin-off because he's a, they did the David Brent movie, didn't they, and stuff. Yeah, and and Greg and Greg Daniels who wrote did write quite a lot of the US. I think the the um what's he called? Richard Gervais was executive producer. Yeah, I've just researched it. I was wrong. He, well, he, it doesn't matter. But he's, episodes Richard Gervais did. Yeah, but he was he was brought on board more as a um advisor. Advisor and someone that they go like with this fit in with it, and he did have write most of it, but yeah, I stand corrected. I no, 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 it's fine, it's fine. I think what Sorry. I'm saying is that, um, like, um, like David Brent, uh, uh, Greg Daniels, he, he 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 got brought on board to adapt it to an American like, um, show. So, like, the reason why he was brought on to do it was like, well. I think they kind of got the idea that British humour is different to American. Let's make it look and feel a bit like American, but it still has like like the ideas of British comedy in it. 
it's very like embarrassing it's very like you know like even the way that they they talk in it are very similar to the office uk so it's not a massive mm. change it's just I it's think, got i think the change up. comes in i think if you i think you know the classic line from the office like oh you're rad that mm. wouldn't work in america no, well i know it did it, sometimes it did a bit like steve carell did do it to a certain extent but he did it in his own take he did the like, um that's what she said yes yeah that worked almost more childish humor yeah it is more childish yeah you're right it's like the whole fire drill that wouldn't have worked in in the in the uk one personally i don't think no like, you know, definitely not you had what was it what's he called keen what's he called keen what was he called in the british one who's meant to be dwight Oh, what's it called? Shit, I can't remember. What's uh? It's like um. Oh god, this is gonna do my head in now. He's like second command, assistant to the assistant director. What's he called? Assistant to the manager. Manager. What's is he called? Keen, Keen, and Kev. Oh, something Kev. Kev. No, who is he? What's his name? Um, Dwight Schrute. No, not Dwight. I'm on about the UK one. Gareth, 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 he doesn't want to keep Randy doesn't want to ruin stuff. Yeah, I think well, the US did it perfectly until Steve Carell left, if I'm honest. But Afterlife is two seasons, isn't it? But they're doing a third down. He like, you just said everyone liked it, and then Netflix kept ringing him up saying, yeah. "Can you write this? Can you write season three? And, he was and like, Netflix are paying him a ridiculous amount of money for it. I think he's got a contract with Netflix anyway. I think because he's, had- he's he did a lot of um he's on a lot of specials. For Netflix yeah. as well, Seth Rogen's the same as well. Mm. Like he's done loads of stuff for Rikishi Like Idiot Abroad wouldn't work if it was screened to American Definitely people. Not. I don't know, but a lot of Americans love Cal Puckett though. They love him. Like I remember him doing being like, do they love that, it? that show and asking about him loads and be like, oh Cal Puckett and this, that, the other. Like I think he's been a success over there as well. Do they love it though because it's British made? But I just think I think Americans love Ricky Gervais. I don't even think mm-hmm. it's. I think they love him. Like when when they. I think what what created his like life in America. Would you say like popularity in America was the Golden Globes. Like, yeah, as well. Like when he came out and just slaughtered loads of American heroes, and a lot of people are like, "Oh God, this is hilarious." But should we be laughing at this? And then they're like, "Well, we actually love him." It's like Afterlife is such a success because it's kind of the culmination of maybe the Golden Globes and. Like when he's got that scene when he's like that that little ginger kid's like saying oh, to yeah. him, yeah, and he's like, yeah, I, I won't, I won't shag you or whatever. You that little, way, you'd be safe, you tubby little ginger. Yeah, see, I think Americans <laughs> will actually find find that funny. Do you know what I mean? Like that humor's a bit more. The office is slightly different because it's a mockumentary as well, so mm. the structure of it is different they find, and the laughs are different. Do they find the humor funny, or do they find it funny just because he's controversial? Just because he's not afraid of saying like Judy Dench rapido. I think comedy, though, comedy, you should always stick to your guns and be like, I'm going to write whatever content I believe in, as long as it's not. Comedy, I mean? is like, a pers- comedy is a personal thing anyway, isn't it? It's what uh, you find. What I find funny, you're not necessarily going to find funny, Joe. 
It's just that yeah, sort but of you, thing. I think, I think if you don't find it funny, don't always find it offensive. I think you've got no. to take contextualization. If you don't find it funny, then it wasn't aimed at you anyway, so don't take offence to it. Exactly, I think. I and think that, also, I think, you know, especially with, like, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I was just about to come on to that, yeah. That's been really kind of extreme in its comedy, you know, the kind of the topics they handle. But in every interview they do, and when when they're talking about writing the scripts, they say they just do what makes each other laugh. Yeah. Like when Rob when Rob and Charlie and Glenn write scenes, it's purely just to make other people like Charlie to try and make everyone else laugh, not you know the the audience. But what happens is them making each other laugh just works. You know some of the yeah. some of the episodes they've done. You know. Oh yeah, the very the very the very like out there. But I think there's. With, I always think like how is Sunny is a bit like it's like fables or morals. It's like mm. you you know they they do all the random crap in it and stuff and then <laughs> yeah stuff like that. But then what what they do after is that uh, they'll they'll be like at the end of the scene like the last final scenes of um, always Sunny they'll be like oh why did we do that or what did we do and it always like comes to a conclusion be like okay maybe we shouldn't do that or maybe we should do this or this that the other. It's like when they do the whole gender one on the toilets. I thought that was well mm. really funny, like in the last most recent season, because it's like you know, it's, like Frank and Charlie came out with like every single religion and like put it on one door or whatever, and was like this is what it should be, and all this sort of stuff. It's like really clever. A, it's offensive. But I don't think it's offensive. You're only offended to something if I don't know if if you personally take it offensive. But I don't see, you know, this 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 person. There's like topics in there, like gender to do with um, your. Uh, sexual interest, everything. To say when that like, episode, um, when um, Mac did his dance, yeah, and it? like that, like, I well, knew. that's just completely mad, wasn't it? And how that was the message, yeah, really, wasn't it? And it's you know, the, the, and and it's weird how we, I think maybe British British people or English people like. Uh, American comedy and maybe the other way around it doesn't necessarily work like we you know mm. friends fit here there's like yeah you know Parks and Rec there's like loads of different things that people enjoy here Office US like that are American like even like you go to things like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air like that used to yeah. be massive yeah, yeah, yeah. like you know Sky's just bought it they played it BBC have bought it as well like they still keep those shows running like mm. there's only four horses for example yeah, you know, if someone found that on Netflix, would they be like, well, that's actually really funny, that, or not? Yeah, you know, I don't know. So a question to kind of wrap up on. Uh, do you think it's easier for an American show to break in the UK than it is for a UK show to break in America? In comedy? I think it's easier for British to get into America. Do you? So, but but well, I think... Yeah, because I think if you have things, you have things like, um, sorry, you have things like BBC America, BBC Worldwide, and stuff. I think those shows are a lot more British shows are a lot more likely to appear on television than um, American, and vice versa. Um, So yeah, I think that as well. But then I think, I don't. I think the whole thing at constant American comedy very much takes that they like that format of the 20 minute episodes don't mm-hmm. they and i think that um 
I think so. I think British comedy going over there, it's a change of format for them that they quite like. But whereas over here, I think we like to watch longer episodes of stuff, don't we? We've got that bit more of an attention span, not to <laughs> shit on Americans. You know what I mean, though? Like, I don't know. I think it, yeah, I think you, you're right. It is a lot easier for American shows to, um, a British shows to mm. get into America. I don't mean get into America as in, I mean, like, better i i would argue that what do you mean like 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 remakes no but i think i think american shows are more popular in the uk than uk shows are more popular in america i think if you've you've got brooklyn 99 the u.s office uh it's always sunny in philadelphia and shit's creek like like fresh prince are all more popular in the uk than the u the uk office and similar mm. shows like as what are in like if you if you showed an American like Phoenix Knights or something <laughs> with Peter Kay and Fanny McGuinness. Yeah, that's cultural yeah. though. I think that's I think that's definitely like, cultural, yeah. Office is the office is different to Max and Paddy. Like Max and Paddy is even like I don't think Southern people would understand what Max and Paddy is about in a sense. Yeah, like, even but... like, look at sex education on Netflix. That <laughs> I think that's still that's tailored to fit both. Yeah, because the yeah. the setting the setting thing. is uh, English. It's in England, but I didn't like. There's I, no I, there's I, no school whatsoever like that in England, yeah, is it's there? Set up like a high school, isn't yeah. it? It's very American, like, even the trees and stuff and everything. Like with so. like with Jackson's character, it's like right, let's make him like a jock, but we'll make him do swimming in, instead of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anybody like any character, any character in sex education? I've never come across in a British school. I think it's cool. I think they've almost focused on the educational side of that show rather than also meet the audience. But it's a very good sex education program if you were watching it at 16. If I'm Charlie honest, knows everything you know. he's ever learned through that show. <laughs> <laughs> I am. <laughs> um, uh, what was going to say as well about the whole, I think you might be, I'm not saying you're wrong, but I think, I think, I think with the British and American thing, like, I don't know, I think, you know when the office when the original office uk came out that came out in 2001 like you know that that was i'm i'm trying to like say it from a different perspective maybe what reason why we enjoy american stuff is because we can see it more it's more accessible now and vice versa um but i do think this this you know like i think comedy without being offensive to other nations i think like it it was definitely originated in the uk like the way that we do the comedy i think that's the best way to do it i don't know very dry very you know but you've got to look at like phoebe Wallace. phoebe Wallace. she was a massive hit in america with her show like people loved it she got like mm. didn't she get after she got an emmy emmy award for it as well like you know so. So, so like there is stuff in there that's like current right now which is working in america top gear has always worked in america it's like and it's still that sort of british humor underlining in it like there's certain jokes in Top Gear that only British people would get, but Americans love. Yeah, you know I mean, like it's there's there's a lot of things in there, and I think I think where like maybe Americans love the actual characters of people, as in like you know like they actually love like David Brent or Ricky Gervais, or they love Jeremy Clarkson in Top Gear and this that the other like 
maybe it's more character focused rather than the actual seasons yeah. in general. Maybe they actually love the characters. I feel like people. Ricky Gervais is big in America purely. <laughs> I think it's a rare thing for like someone James to be Gordon. Big. James oh, Gordon's yeah. big in America. You know, I, yeah. I'm not saying I like him, but I'm saying <laughs> yeah, Gavin and Stacey again. It's a bit like The Office. It's another one which people loved over there. You know, it's yeah. It's You've seen that um, they're remaking it. Yeah, America. they're remaking. Well, have you seen that they're remaking this country? An American version oh, of this country as well. I mean, that, that's that's season, never going to work. Why, why why don't they make one like this country, like down south, uh, you know, redneck Americans? Why can't they just fucking do that and then just leave it alone? Why do they have to come and pinch our stuff? Just leave it. Just leave it. Mm. Leave it. Just leave it alone. It's our mm. little precious stuff. Like I don't want some like this country being tarnished by some massive American executive. Do you want to know who's? Yes, but it's. Uh, I just want to know who's playing the vicar. Charlie. the revolution. <laughs> oh, it's a bit fucking as mad. Just think of your own shit, please. John, Charlie, do you want to know who's playing the vicar? Who? In the remake. You? Stifler. Who? The oh. guy that plays Stifler. I mean, that just doesn't work. The whole reason the vicar works is because everyone knows a vicar like that, don't they? Like, the thing you know, is, that's, Stifler, that's, the, that's the classic vicar. Unfortunately for Stifler, Stifler, the actor Stifler, I don't know his name. That's no, what okay. He's always going to be Stifler. This is my point. He's always going to be Stifler in every single film. So if I ever see him as a vicar, I'm going to be like, you're William Stifler. Scott, Joe. That's the same. You don't, like, there's been in other films he's played the same role as Stifler, you know? Like, what happened, what the one he was in. Oh, was I know. Was... There was something he was, I've watched it recently. Was it was like in a film called Goon about, like, ice hockey or something? I don't know, mate. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, that's another point. America, just stay away. Just make your own shows. I don't see why they have to... Call... I mean, US was really successful, don't get me wrong. But I don't know. I just think they need to make their own shit. It's the same thing with Misfits. And I don't know if you've... Not Misfits. So I don't know if you've spoken about this. But it's the same thing with, obviously, like we were saying, like, in between us and, um, yeah, Miss... No. Skins. That they tried to they tried to remake Skins, which is and then between us, which are gritty, very British things, and it just fell apart. Didn't work. Shameless again. Shameless. Yeah. They tried to do Shameless again. Shameless is like a very cultural thing in America. I don't see how it really works. And I'm not actually watched it, so I can't comment. But I just think there's a lot of like I can't imagine ever ever the US ever doing Only Fools and Horses. <laughs> but yeah, it's one of the biggest successes ever in in the uk but maybe at the time when it came out you know we've got streaming services we've got viewing figures we've got everything now that maybe that if, if it came out now only falls and all as an original story in, in the uk america might be like whoop we'll take that you know what i mean and, and do it maybe because think, they didn't hear I think it. to answer your question though joe and i know you said at the start no fence sitting but i think this is like you said a bit of a fence sitting question yeah. and they are so different that I think we've all agreed that US remakes of British shows, classic British shows, sometimes work, but there's some that they just need to leave alone. Um, mm. And then I think the reason that the office has worked so much, the US office, is because they did make it their own um, by mm. extending it longer. But yeah, just I think they're so different that there's never going to be, there's always going to be that argument, isn't there? And it's just one of those things that we have different sense of humour, even though we speak the same language, and therefore it's always going to be one of those things. I think there's been series, though. 
sorry, I think there's been series though that I'd say that have allowed us to merge and be as one. I would say like the Office US, mm. you know, Always Sunny. They're very mm. in between. Like we both love those shows. Everybody mm. loves those in a sense. So I think there is recently been like a, almost like a connection of, of both humours. Mm. Actually, I don't know. I could be completely wrong. Could be talking shit as usual. Uh, so it's been a long one. But a lot of discussion, a lot of debate. Uh, thank you guys for coming on as usual. It's all right. All right. Thank, you. thank you very much. Uh, thank yeah. you to everyone for listening. You know, we appreciate it. Uh, catch you on the next one. If you, if you also, just quickly, sorry, if you have any opinions on anything that we've said, please like let us know or give us any mm-hmm. any chat or anything. It's great. Like we have missed, we've, we've talked too much today. I'm talking too much now, but we've missed like a good question with Avatar, like Joe's yeah. tactically avoided, so he didn't rip into it. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it, it, we should we should just say it like is Avatar worth, what was the actual question, Joe? And then people might like, actually want to respond to it or something. I don't know. What was uh, the debate? Question? Is Avatar a great film or is it an overrated video game? Mm. Okay, so we can drop, have that. Drop your, Someone, drop your opinions yes, on Twitter. if anyone wants to talk, or don't. Twitter like, or don't. Know, yeah. Do whatever you want, but I think that's a really good one that we've missed out because Joe's frightened of it being torn to pieces. But. No, we'll just, we'll just come not, back for the next time. Let's not get into that now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be here for another two hours. <laughs> It's just, just a bit of Alex and Matt falling asleep. Or Matt will probably get. I can, I can see Matt like wanting to get involved here, like getting ready. But yeah, we won't do it. We can't do it. We can't do it. Next time. Next, next time. time. Next time. We'll start. We'll start the next one off with people's opinions on it. If when you put them in the Twitter or Instagram, yeah, if we have email. any. If we have any.